Bereshus bara Elohim asashamayim vesaaretz. In the beginning, God created. Bereshus bara. Bara means to create. What does it mean that God created the world? We call Hashem the Boire Oilam, the creator of the world. What does that mean that God creates the world? So if we stop to think, which of course these days sometimes it's hard to do, but if we take a moment to like try to focus our consciousness on God, so we, so to speak, when we think of Bara, creation, that God created the world, that it sort of snapped out of nowhere the world. And that's really how the Ramban explains the word bara. Over there in the beginning of Bereshus, the Ramban Nachmanadi says that that's what's called in the language of philosophy, yesh me'ayin. Yesh me'ayin, that the word, that word bara, to create, means yesh me'ayin, something from nothing. Or in Latin, ex nihilo. That we believe in creation ex nihilo, something from nothing. We believe there was no primordial substance. Nothing existed before creation. There was no material from which God made the world. But rather, God made reality snap into existence. Yesh ma'ayin, something from nothing. That's what the Ramban says. That's what bara means. That's what it means that God created the world. So again, if we want to like envision in our mind that moment of creation because now we're talking in the language of Nigla, of the Pshat, of the revealed aspect of Torah. So in the revealed aspect of Torah, there was a moment of creation. Like the Torah speaks within time and space. There's a chronology in Torah. And so according to Torah, that within the realm of time, that Torah descended into, so there's a moment of creation. And so if we picture that moment in our mind, we almost like picture like, you know, sort of like poof, out of thin air, the world comes into existence, you know, light comes into existence and the sky and water. And that means that really in our mind, we've pictured the world as being something literally other than God. Because by definition, if you just look at the idea of yesh ma'ayin, literally, the way that it's understood without the way Hasidus explains the deeper meaning of what the Ramban means then the world is something really that snapped into existence as something other than God. Today was Chav Kislev, is the Alter Rebbe's time of liberation and redemption. You know, it's Yutas Kislev is the Rosh Hashanah Chesidus, but really we celebrated Chesidim as a two-day yontiv because the 20th day of Kislev, the Alter Rebbe was in a different type of prison. What happened was when he was led out of jail, there was such a big crowd of Chesidim and other people that were <clears throat> dancing the Alter Rebbe, you know, into in into a house of a chassid in St. Petersburg. They was getting out of jail and they were dancing him out of jail, bringing him back to this house of this chassid. You could imagine how much joy and how much pushing and shoving there was and somehow the Alter Rebbe accidentally <clears throat> was pushed into a different apartment where it wasn't the chassid's apartment, it was an apartment of a misnagid, of a mamash a misnagid. A misnagid was those Jews, once upon a time that there was Many, many years ago, there was a group of Jews that opposed Hasidus. So this apartment, Mamash, was the apartment of Misnagid. The Alter Rebbe accidentally got f- pushed into this apartment. And somehow the door got closed behind him. And he ended up spending hours in this Misnagid's, Misnagid's apartment. And the story is that the Misnagid made the Alter Rebbe a cup of tea. And the Alter Rebbe sat down. And then for hours, he just basically spat at the Alter Rebbe all the tainas on chassidus and all the complaints and questions they had on the movement. 
And the Alter Rebbe later said that those hours in the house of the Misnagid were more difficult for him than all the days in jail by the non-Jews. Those hours of having to hear a Jew say such horrible things about chesidus, chesidic thought, etc., the movement, for him it was more difficult, those hours, than being in the jail of the, of, of the Russians, of the non-Jews. Parenthetically, just a very personal anecdote, that this story of, of the story of Yitzhak Kizav is so well known. So one time uh, I went to visit my Rebbe, Zechernel of Rocha, Remer Salavechik, Remer, of course, the, the son of the Briskarov, the youngest son of the Briskarov, the one that wrote the Briskarov Svarim, the Grizz. I married to learn in his yeshiva. So one time I went to visit him with my ex-wife and two of my older kids, and I didn't want to bother him and just show up uninvited with two babies. You know, you weren't able to call him by phone and make an appointment. So I went, I knocked on the door, and his wife opened up, and, uh, oh, she was happy to see me, and her mayor... He was sitting there and he got up and he greeted me and he said, where's your mishpacha? So I said, they're actually downstairs, but I didn't want to be matriach the Rebbe. I didn't, you know, that I didn't want to cause, to give you a hard time that my kids are coming with the babies. And that was really why they didn't come in. But Ramir Salavechik smiled and said to me, <laughs> they didn't want to come into the house of a misnagid. <laughs> now, of course, the Salavechik family were far from real misnagdim. Yeah, they were Litvish, but they were not real, real misnagdim. So it was almost like tongue-in-cheek making a reference to the story that the Alter was pushed into this house of the misnagid, and those hours were so difficult for him. Parenthetically, the Lubavitch Rebbe once pointed out that you see within the story that the whole story begins that he gave the Alter Rebbe a cup of tea. And that detail of the story, the Rebbe says, shows that ultimately, ultimately, there's going to be all the flags of Klai Yisrael, all the different types of Klai Yisrael are going to come together and give tea to each other, even those that fought with each other, etc. And everyone will understand that Hasidus is the essence of Torah. So the Alter Rebbe, that today is his day of liberation from that house, what does it mean? Because again, the idea of is not is not a person, God forbid. All Jews are holy of course, even Misnagdim are holy, those Jews that were Misnagdim. But what the Altar means that he had to come out of that house. There's a deeper meaning there. It means the archetype of, a, of someone that only looks at Torah from the eyes of the simple meaning of the texts. So you see a world, and you know there's God, and you say, poof, like the world comes, pops out of nowhere. But then we know that the truth of Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad, which is what the Altar Rebbe's Torah is all about, like his son, the Mitla Rebbe, writes in the introduction to Imre Bina, he testifies that any time the Alter Rebbe ever spoke, there was one purpose to everything he, any time he ever spoke, was for one purpose, to affix within the heart and minds of anyone that was listening to him, the truth of God's unity of Enon Mavadai, that only God exists. With everything he said was just to explain that in different words. And so going out of the Misnagid's house in a deep way means... <clears throat> That prism of seeing reality as something completely other from God, because that's how you understand Yesh Ma'ayin. But Hasidus explains that we know, nothing exists other than God, because the world is not something other than God. God forbid, the world itself is Elokos. Reality itself is godliness. The world that we see as something other than godliness, that's an illusion. That's if you understand Yesh Ma'ayin 
with only the lens of pshat, then the world is what's called a yesh. A yesh means something other than God. And Hasidus says that's the root of all evil, of all negativity, of all alienation and any negativity comes from yeshus. Yeshus means feeling as something other than God. That you yesh mind something out of nothing, that you're something, you're taka a thing other than God. But rather, we know the truth. See, this teaches eight that the God's glory fills the earth. There's no place, physical, spiritual, devoid of Him. Hashem's essence. God says, I fill heaven and earth. We don't feel the godliness, which is the truth of everything we experience. We feel it as a yesh, as if it's an entity other than Hashem. And the godliness, which is the truth of reality, we call ayin, the divine nothingness, the ayin aliki. Yesh ma'in, according to Chassidus, is that you know what reality is? It's an appearance of yesh from the constant flow and emanation of the ayin, the divine nothingness, that's happening now, every moment, because God is above time and space, and reality is only just a ray of God happening now. Yesh ma'in, the yesh, the reality we're experiencing as a yesh, is coming from the ayin aliki, the divine nothingness, which is the truth of everything we ever experience. We just don't feel that godliness, which is within everything, the godly light that is everything. That's why we call it ayin. Ayin, because to us it's like concealed, it's no thingness, we can't perceive it. But even deeper, because the ayin, it really is no thingness, it's nothingness, it's ayin, that godly light that is the ultimate energy, the ultimate being of reality is no thingness. It's ayin aliki. It's divine nothingness. It doesn't have a particular form. It's no thingness. It's not a thing. And like even according to science, the way the, like, the Bhava Trebis said, take as a, as a parable, as an example, what is reality really made of? Molecules, atoms, protons, neutrons, electrons, subatomic particles, going within the electrons, you know, to quantum physics and string theory, and till everything is essentially just space and nothingness. That is what reality is. It's the divine nothingness. It's the ayin aliki. And so the meditation and the consciousness of yesh ma'ayin is that when I look at the world as a yesh, I see it as if it's an entity other than God, I have to know I have to look at the world really as ma'ayin, that it's really right now a flow of the divine nothingness manifesting to me as if it's a yesh, as if it's its own entity through the tzimtzum, the concealment of God's light. But when I meditate that it's nothing other than ayin, godliness, that's how I turn the yesh back into ayin and reveal enam avade, only God exists.